0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on Magic Mike. Now, today in this virtual studio, we have James Bishop. Welcome to my show, James.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to join you today.
0: James, could you tell us more about the product that you're building for, with One Fine Play?
1: Of course. So, One Fine Play started out as a traditional podcast production company, everything you can imagine. We had a studio in central London. We made Uh, podcasts from uh, ideation through to uh, delivery everything in the middle that would be involved and that was a really good process for us we really got to grips with you know some of the challenges we got to meet lots and lots of creators on the way we have a specialism in the social purpose space so most of the things the majority of shows that we make are all based around uh, stories where people want to Uh, create a better future so there are things around like breath work and climate change that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um just that sort of just happened naturally but as the pandemic uh hit and also just through having spoken to so many creators along the way um and podcasting as you know yourself being a super crowded space you know there's all kinds of people in podcasting aren't there there's uh you know there's the monetization side there's the equipment Mm -hmm. side there's the production side uh and there's a lot of noise around starting a podcast like everyone wants to help you to start a podcast Mm -hmm. and you see what happened was we were talking to all these creators uh that's the our term my term for like podcast host Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and we realized that the challenge was that people really wanted to grow their shows once they'd got them off the ground and the the access to understanding how to do that was difficult right Mm -hmm. like people don't understand essentially what we realized was you know pretty much anyone can get a show off the ground Uh, they come up with an idea there's a very you know a common attitude of uh Low barrier to entry. You know, you can record it free. You can run a phone. You can upload it. You can host it somewhere like Anchor for nothing. Yeah. Um, and there's a you know there's a steep learning curve there, but then it kind of plateaus, mm-hmm. right? So we decided, taken the pandemic and taken that we could see that challenge to build a product that helped people fix three key problems. You could kind of imagine they hit this chasm, right? So they've they've started. They've gone up this steep learning curve, and then what's happened is they've plateaued. And they've got three challenges. Number one, they probably need some production help because Mm -hmm. they are—it's taking all their time. They've been through a steep learning curve. It takes longer than they think. Storytelling is more difficult than they think. There's all the other parts of the process, so they're looking for help. They also realize that uh, they want to grow a more target, probably grow a more targeted audience, or they need to collect people around a theme. And because of those two things, basically. Production and marketing costing money, they start to look for sponsors. Mm -mm. So, we're building a tool at One Fine Play that helps solve those three problems. And, in our take on it, having spoken to thousands, thousands of podcast creators personally in the last four or five years, Mm -hmm. is that it's about reframing those problems by thinking of podcasting more as a brand or a business than just this second rate content format that's really cheap and in which you just interview people probably badly and post it on Apple podcasts in the hope that people listen to it.
0: Interesting. So you're actually converting the podcast as a brand.
1: We're basically saying, you know, look, this is not an audio file that if you want to grow this and it to be successful, you want more listeners, you want, To attract sponsors you want to add value then take your podcast think of it as an audio first brand experience and start to build a business go back to basics and build a business plan like what's the problem that your show is solving why is someone going to listen what's your solution to that problem Mm -hmm. who's your audience what how are you making money how are you spending money like, mm-hmm. why are you relevant for this? Because all of these things are going to be things that you're going to need to tell a sponsor or you're going to need to understand better to work out where to spend your marketing dollars, mm-hmm. your marketing effort. So you're essentially building a business plan for your podcast. And then when you get people to do that, they start to realize, oh, look, like for a, a classic example is uh, lots of people don't allow, they don't make it easy for someone to be a fan of their podcast. It's mm-hmm. a classic example. They're so busy. What guests am going to get? What's the, you know, audio quality, like whatever, that they've forgotten that someone's probably listening to this show, really likes them, wants to give back. They want to say thanks for making this great piece of content and they've made it really difficult. Like, how can you, you know, where's, why can't, I want to buy a t-shirt of your show, not because I want the t-shirt, but it's my way of saying thank you. It's like a mini donation, basically. I want to show my loyalty, for example, Mm -hmm. right? If you start to do all these things around your show, What will happen is that you will, in turn, develop a clearer target audience. You will start to make money. You will start naturally to do more marketing. You'll become cross format because you'll start Mm -hmm. realizing, well, if we, you know, social media isn't the only solution to marketing. I could also speak on other podcasts. I could interact directly with my listeners, find out the names of every single one and actually build personal relationships with them especially if you've got mm-hmm. a small show and you only get 300 listens, it's not unreasonable to talk to 300 people, is it? Like, especially if you did it, you know, the way your phone makes it easy to do. And so yeah. we've basically bought a tool which um, will allow you to go through the, the growth phase, but makes it simple. It doesn't start talking to you about ad CPMs and, or ad exchanges or, you know like promo swaps or stuff that if i'm honest these creators that i've spoken to just didn't they don't understand you got to break it down that that's so, what we're doing
0: so with this product with this product mm. is there a name for this product or it's just, one fine yes, play just uh, one fine play
1: you kind of caught me in the crossfire there not 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 really it's a yeah what one, one fine play
0: gotcha so with one fine play um, you know the product on its own. Um, the, uh, uh, let me call it the growth product, because mm-hmm. from, from the from the website it says growth. Mm-hmm. What does it exactly give podcasters? Because from what I understand, it, it seems like a pitch deck for podcasters to go exact- pitch to sponsors.
1: Exactly. So what we wanted to do was build a product that helped people to solve the problems I've just talked about, but in a constructive mm-hmm. way. So we didn't want to build a planner Or a business deck pitch deck builder, because who wants to, who's going to pay for that? Who's going to sit there and, Mm -hmm. you know, that sounds fun for about the first four minutes till you get asked the first difficult question. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. ever like written a business plan, but, you know, it's difficult. So we wanted to do it through features, make it actually useful, actually solve problems. Mm -hmm. So uh, it does four main things right now. The first thing it does, Is it helps you to build a sponsorship deck or a pitch deck to go out to sponsors with. Because it's one of the things that when we're talking and advising people about how to grow their podcast, it's you know, what should go in this sponsorship deck. And I get sent sponsorship decks every single day. And, you know, because people are like, Do you know someone who might want to sponsor this or whatever? And they, you know, they're always varying. There's no real guideline for what they should be. Uh, classically they miss the most important pages which are things like who's your audience and you know mm-hmm. the the details around that it's nearly always focused around the vanity me- metrics of a show and not the things that an advertiser might actually be interested in uh so it helps you to build a sponsorship deck in a matter of minutes you enter your RSS feed uh it goes gets a whole load of data it then asks you a bunch of questions we've made it so that it isn't lots of boxes of empty of like we just like blank and have to fill it in because <laughs> who wants to do that? That's an absolute nightmare. Um, so the first thing you do is build, a, build and share a sponsorship deck. Second thing you can do, uh, which we thought was very really important, which is a question that comes along with a sponsorship deck is probably this uh, question I get asked most. How much should I ask for in sponsorship? What's reasonable? Okay. So we've built a calculator, takes your RSV to takes some of that data. So all the information you're entering into our product it's storing mm-hmm. it all centrally in like a central bank and it takes that information. And it says, based on what we understand about the market, what you're doing, you know, how much brand building you're doing, your reach, we think you can probably charge maybe X, Y, Z, you know, X amount an episode. And it helps with structuring what a spod- podcast sponsorship might look like, you know, so Funny. it might be, okay, you should ask for X an episode. Plus we will do, you know, x number of instagram posts and we'll mention you in your newsletter and we'll give you x hosteries and you know this spot ad and it helps people to structure that part of the deal because mm-hmm. i think lots of people aren't sure about that
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh the third thing it will help you with is a production review so like a review of your show so it's these are all still in beta for us we're working on them they work but mm-hmm. they will get better over time it'll mm-hmm. take your show and it will basically just say is it any good so you're basically getting your okay. show, re- show reviewed by a professional podcast producer.
0: Wow. Okay. That's right? cool.
1: So someone has a listen, they come back and they say, well, look, you're doing great here, but maybe you could do this. Maybe you could do that. But it's more around the, cre- it's a mix of creative marketing and technical. So it's getting into the details of episodes saying like, why aren't you building more about your character? And what about if you did this? But then it's also saying you've only told Apple that your podcast is in one category. You're missing two. And it's also saying uh, you don't have, why not create an email address and then give it a shout out at the end of every episode and then people can write in and you can chat to them, right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of podcast review. And then the fourth thing, which uh, is coming up probably a couple of months is going to be, it's a pretty simple idea, but it's basically aggregated listener surveys. So one of the biggest challenges with sponsorship, if anyone's putting their money to something, they always want to know who the audience is. Most people can't tell you accurately who listens to their show because mm-hmm. they're just hoping they don't really know who their audience is. They're taking a bit of data from their podcast host or Apple podcasts, right? Apple podcast connect. And we, you've seen this, we all know that it's like, you know, maybe it's skewed male or, you know, most, you know, one of the things that always stood out to me was brands would say, how many iPhone, how many iOS listeners do you have? And mm-hmm. then they make the assumption that meant they were more wealthy, which is just an outrageous Sweeping statement. So we were like, why don't we just build a really simple survey function where we advise the kinds of questions you could ask your listeners? And then you can create that survey. We'll host it somewhere. And then you can give a shout out about that survey at the beginning of your episode. You know, ask people to fill it in. If they're your loyal fan, they absolutely will. Maybe you incentivize them with something. Mm -hmm. I don't, whatever it might be. And then you'll start to have actual listener data because you'll know what your actual listeners say and who they are. You might have their email address. You can use that for your marketing, whatever. And then mm-hmm. that feeds back into your sponsorship deck.
0: This is actually very interesting because this is sort of addressing uh, a problem, an unknown problem. I would say where you're a podcaster, you want to monetize it, but you don't know how, you don't know where to start it from. And, usually the monetization model traditionally like for example an anchor right you get a thousand listeners you get a dollar and that that's how it works you know that's you just insert an ad in in but somewhere in
1: the what, track what problem is that fixing
0: it, it's 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 just making money but my 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 point here it's is not if, making, let's say
1: it's not making enough money to fix any problem
0: it's it's you need a thousand listeners for that that's that's
1: that's like ridiculous if you're just
0: starting off a podcast
1: so what we realized, right, and talking to lots and mm-hmm. lots of podcasters, uh, was they all faced the same problem. So if I go back eighteen months, what I would do is say, I'm not going to name any products out on the market because it's not fair, but I would send people. I would I would call my our creators, our, who are lots of them our clients, and also you know people just offer help to, them, and go, go here, go do this, go use this product, and they would come back saying, I don't understand, I don't, know, what am I supposed to do? You'd go like a, a classic example is go to this website that shall remain nameless and mm-hmm. meet other podcasters, go on their shows, trade ads and and put insert spot ads. Right. And, they'd be, and, and, I'd be, and then it'd be like, hey, we'll use dynamic ad insertion to do that. It's easy. Like it won't cost you much because, you know, you've got mutual, you're in the same audience, you'll borrow each other's audiences. And these creators would come back and just look at me. We're like, what? That's loads of work. I've got to manage this other person. I don't really know how to write exactly. an ad. I don't know how to build an ad. I definitely don't know what dynamic ad insertion is. Oh, I have to move podcast host to do that. How do I move podcast host? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, okay. And without really any guarantee that it's going to work. So mm. we like, okay, we've got to simplify this. I think the other thing is I'm a huge believer that currently the podcasting market is like 99% hob- like we call them hobbyist. It, we don't mean it in a condescending way, but you know, 99% of the mon- of the market is hobbyist. One, you've, Then you've got that elite 1%, right? And no, that elite 1% takes 99% of the revenue in the industry, right? Yep. And there are very few people who are getting enough listens for it to be attractive for a brand to make enough money. There aren't many Joe Rogans, right? And we're moving Truly. into an era. We were talking just before this started about the Apple subscription model and patron we're moving into an era where there will be this new breed of creator who is getting success by monetizing their audience so Mm -hmm. you've got these unmonetized group big group of unmonetized then you've got the old guard they they you know they're very complacent they act like they're sitting on the top deck of the titanic there's one percent where they you know they're taking All all the money they're getting through ad exchange on a CPM, so on a price per thousand, and it's easy and it's great and it's automated. But there's the rise of the social influencers, the YouTubers coming up taking a bite of that apple. And they're making money because they've got fiercely loyal audiences. And what we what we know from working on these shows that we've made that don't all get thousands of listens is niching and specializing is important. And what these creators Uh, get success in doing is working with brands on Mm -hmm. they're they're like little micro influencers, nano influencers right, they've got 200 people that love their show, that are super loyal and to the right brand that audience of 200 is worth something but the big ad exchanges don't want to talk to them because they're not getting tens of thousands of listens, so Mm -hmm. we've created this sponsorship deck that makes it easy for them to then go and approach the brands we may in the (laughs) end build a marketplace where we bring the brands to them, that's a question mark for us makes it
0: sort of simplifies simplifies the process in that sense yeah that's why i was mentioning you know going back to the example i was giving anchor 1000 listens one one dollar i mean one if you're a new podcaster you're not going to get that very easily you know it's 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 really eaten up the market's really eaten up in that sense
1: no creator is worth one dollar like exactly we have this conversation about how much you know i said earlier how much should i charge well look nobody making a podcast putting in the time the effort the knowledge the expertise in the open market you wouldn't consult for less than you know thousand dollars a day maybe maybe (laughs) maybe more fifteen hundred dollars a day so you shouldn't be selling your audience your time for a dollar like no no go and (laughs) go and get actual real money like there's someone who wants to it might not be a hundred thousand dollars but for the right startup brand like you know we're a small startup brand but we're about to run an influencer campaign where we work with you know people like you for example who have an audience of podcasters and we're absolutely going to put some cash to support these people and the Mm trade is that we get in front of their audience but it might be a three thousand dollar deal that's great for you yeah that's great for your audience and you're worth that you're not worth four (laughs) dollars
0: completely (laughs) agree I mean, this is really, truly interesting times to be honest, James. It's, it's you know, the idea of monetization when it comes into play, it, to me, is just very interesting. I mean, going back to the example, Patreon, for example, that's been always a hard model to crack. I mean, I, I recently, we, we just had this before. Uh, we were talking about this uh, on air before. Unless you know how to, you know, crack it, like uh, the people who make 150,000 off Patreon. Man, no, I mean, no. if you, if you, if you can
1: do that, yeah. then... <laughs> do you know? Because I'd love to know. Because if I, if you do, I'm just going to quit what I do and do that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I wish I do, but I,
1: I don't know. is you make so someone...
0: Yeah, it is. Hundred fifty thousand a month.
1: I mean, just, I think, just, I, I do know some of them have been doing it a while, but yeah, hundred fifty thousand a month for like four thousand 000... It's not unreasonable, is it? Four thousand people no. paying four dollars a month, like. <sighs> i mean it's it's viable it's viable but it's got harder it's like but trying i suppose it's the equivalent of saying now like you know i'd love to be a youtuber it's got um, harder it's more competitive yeah. but it's, I, I don't think it should stop you but you're gonna have to work hard and do nothing else and yeah. come up with something compelling
0: and and it also you know like you mentioned earlier there's been this pandemic this whole pandemic and it has allowed podcasters, sort of like the hobbyists, the 99% to actually start their podcasts and sort of like pot fade it away. And this could be one of the motivations for them where they are able to monetize it, you know, using a pitch deck, um, mm-hmm. like what One Fine Play actually produces. If they have a proper direction, maybe we can convert these uh, hobbyists into serious podcasters.
1: And I, I think, think that may make a difference. And I think I completely agree with you for for varying reasons. It's something that we talked about a lot. Like one is, you know, sometimes I meet a creator who ch- doesn't really know it yet. And but they have to go through this process of acceptance that they are just a hobbyist. Right? Mm. They either need to give up or they need to just accept that they're only going to get 120 lessons and they do it for fun. And it's the equivalent of if they liked, you know, their hobby might be making pottery this is their equivalent mm-hmm. right so just accept that that's what it is and you've got a small audience and you're going to do some posts and you're never going to make sponsorship because you actually when it comes down to it you don't want to figure out the answers that you need in order to make it commercially viable so that's mm-hmm. cool like that you know and i i listen to a very eclectic mix of podcasts in my personal life and some of them are by hobbyists they just want to make something cuz they're passionate about the thing and that's cool right mm-hmm. but if you want to make you know, more from it, then you've got to cross that chasm and answer those different difficult questions. And yeah, hopefully this helps people to to see that. You know, like go trying to write a pitch deck to why should us it's exactly the same as a business concept, right? Like, you know, most I can tell you firsthand, like before I got to this, I went through, I don't know, 60 business ideas that were all shit. and you know you get really frustrated that an investor won't i don't actually have investment at the moment we've bootstrapped this Mm -hmm. but you know like you go to an investor and they ask you a bunch of awkward questions and you go Mm -hmm. oh yeah and then you try for a few months and then you sort of eventually accept that the investor was right because they were thinking more carefully and they had questions that were actually holes and it's sort of the same principle isn't it like if you can't get money from a a sponsor they're sort of asking the questions that you need to ask yourself that are going to be connected to the growth of your show that's it really
0: and and to be honest like this this would act as a motivation it goes back again it mm. goes it it acts as a motivation for podcasters like you like you mentioned those hobbyists. i would safely say that i think they don't know that there's an avenue to monetize this they're doing it as hobby because they just want to talk about it but given the fact that they, they can just create a pitch deck out of this and they know they can monetize this, who wouldn't want to monetize it? That, that's That's the question.
1: Well, it's interesting. I was talking to a producer of ours this morning, Connor, and mm-hmm. he gets to work with all kinds of different people. And one of his frustrations is the amount that people care, the amount that hosts care. You know, like there's a dangerous zone, isn't there, between like money and passion. So some creators can afford to pay to have their podcast produced and Connor's doing all the work and the team is making this great show and they're going through the motions of being a host and they think that they care, but it's only ever going to get so far because they're not, like, they're not giving enough of a piece of themselves in order to build a brand and build that connection with an audience that's going to make it grow. So it really mm-hmm. splits those two types of people apart. Mm-hmm. You know, We've got other creators who it means literally everything to them they you know they re they are in the detail and you know sometimes that's conversely irritating but from a producer production perspective but it's also a great thing like you can't ask for any more and it's always like mm-hmm. what more can I do? You're like, okay, so I can you know if you're gonna release a podcast and you're not doing Instagram lives and you don't want to message your creator and you posting on social, you've outsourced to someone to, you know, to do and you're not really writing the copy and you're not like, you know, an email newsletter is a bit too much hassle and you don't really want to speak on other podcasts and like where well, you'll pay a publicist to get you some PR. Like that show is never going to go because you are like your fans are going to be a fan of you. And that needs to be more than just one dimensional in a 40 minute bit of audio.
0: You know, it goes back to the point I was. I made, I made this earlier. That people listen to the show. People listen to the episodes, not to mm. the show. Uh-huh. and if they listen to the show, it's because you're Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh. they, they listen to it because you're Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan, uh, to me, I think Joe Rogan fans listen to him because they well, they want to listen to him. So it doesn't matter what he does. As long as it's Joe Rogan, they will listen to him. So they listen to the person. They listen to the episodes. They don't listen to the show.
1: No, it's a comp- It's a combination of like, of of trust. And, uh and exactly what you're saying, you know, mm. the, but it's a journey that you need to you need to go on, like bigger guests, more famous guests doesn't make them better. A good guest is someone who gives the host space to talk. I know I'm not the best at that, uh, who understands what they're trying to achieve. Um, you know, someone for you to take this and put a sec, you know, in the middle to put a signpost and say, I just want to take a minute. James and I have been talking about X, Y, Z. We're going to go on and talk about this so that you become the host like you feel more integrated into the show these are all things that like you say fan people are fans of joe rogan not fans of his guests
0: yeah exactly
1: but it involves all of that stuff involves effort
0: it's a small matters small details (laughs) i would say it's a small details end of the day james i just want to switch yes just a bit so, you know, recently Spotify and Apple actually announced that they are coming up with a paid subscription. We touched about that earlier. Hmm. How does this pitch deck sort of help podcasters from that aspect? Does it help podcasters?
1: The pitch deck will force you to think about uh, the details of your, business, of your podcast as if it was a business. One of mm-hmm. those is going to be about your audience another of those is going to basically ask you to create a profit and loss account. Like you've got a product, how are you making money? And then where you're spending money. Right. And it's going to ask you to di- think about diversification of, uh, of your content of your product. And then also of how you make money. So mm-hmm. one is one way to make money as sponsors. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. But another is going to be, there are lots of ways you can make money. You could get sponsors you could sell merchandise you could do live events you could pay for exclusive access you could have a subscription model on apple spotify you could create a patreon that's maybe you know more of like a club or a you know a community Mm -hmm. the list goes on it's only as it's only limited by your own creativity um so i think it's you know the product we're building yes the the primary feature is a sponsorship deck, but really the overall product when you use it gives you a feel for different ways to grow your show. And the sponsorship model is one of those the sponsorship model is one of those, but the the Apple subscription model is another. And it will, you know, this will get you thinking about what <laughs> what might that look like. I don't think I don't know your take on it, but I don't think that a subscription model is the easiest problem to tackle i don't think it's for everybody i don't think it's i think you could end up in the a lot of effort and end up in the four dollars a month category again
0: yeah exactly
1: uh i you know you if you how it blends with sponsors is another thing like lots of people are talking about well you can charge people for ad free or a week early or you know and all of, if, if I wanted to listen to your pro- content ad-free or a week early, I'm going to need to really like you, mm-hmm. right? I'm not that bothered about whether it's this week or next week. Maybe that's me. I'm not bothered about that, about anything. But, you know, you're going to need a really loyal audience base, in which case you're probably going to have been serving your community with more than just an audio file. So you've built your product into a brand and so... Yeah, I think that you'll be looking at all sorts of all sorts of different ways of approaching it.
0: This is interesting. I mean, I've been using the same word from just now, but I've been really mind blown as to how you know a podcaster can just monetize by simply just using a pitch deck. And I mean, to create a pitch deck is hard, but if we have an app to create a pitch deck,
1: not anymore. It's not hard. I've ma- we've made yeah. it easy. No, I'm joking. Exactly. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. What I mean, is is Go on no sorry. okay what is difficult I suppose is yeah knowing what to write in a pitch deck is uh there are four parts that I think are difficult for the average creator knowing how to write a pitch deck or what to write in one right and I think uh you know varying levels of creativity uh skills whatever set ability to sell but knowing what goes in one one fine mm-hmm. Plays covered that for you the next one is What am I asking for? Big -hmm. problem. Lots of people don't have a clue what to ask for or how much it's worth. I understand that. When I started in podcasting, I also didn't know. I still Mm -hmm. don't really know. I only know through trial and error, you know, Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. of how it goes. And then you've got the other side of the coin, right? Which is the the sponsor side. Mm Mm-hmm. First off, is identifying and ask, identifying who might be interested and asking enough people. Most people don't ask enough. They think they've asked, they've asked four companies. You've got to be willing to get punched in the face quite hard, quite a lot, right? Because you're going to ask loads of people and they're all going to say no. I think something we haven't talked about. Oh, and the fourth thing is that lots of sponsors or potential sponsors, which on the whole is brands, don't yet have podcasting in their agenda, right? So they're not set up with we've got twenty five thousand pounds to spend on podcast sponsors on sponsoring podcasts this year and this is how we're going to do it Mm -hmm. because what's happening is currently people are either going to an ad exchange where they're spending lots and that money's already gone they're going to an iHeart or a you know whoever it might be or they don't have a plan yet so there's the education piece right Mm -hmm. let's be now you're the podcaster now you've got to educate you know we went last week to a global business that I won't mention, but a very well-known uh company in the travel sector where that's an alternative to hotels, and they've never spent a penny on podcasting, and they don't know how to structure it. So you've got to do that whole education piece. And they're not going to just jump into it, even if they think it's a great deal. They're saying, yeah, yeah, we think this is great. We'd love to get involved. But what you've now pointed out is we need to figure out how to sponsor shows. So we're also working on that side in the background. I mean, that's not for creators, but that's, you know, f- the next phase branch, of the show is yeah. to is to fix that side and then, you know, potentially bring them together. But, um, but yeah, those are the, that's, that's the journey, isn't it? Of, of finding a sponsor. But the, the main one is go ask people like what's amazing is right now, this is, we're still early with this. Mm-hmm. Brands want to talk to you. They want to hear about it. They care. Like if you're going Here's the thing. If you're going to someone to ask them for $10,000, that's Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of business, not very much money. That brand is probably really, if you've got the right target audience and it's aligned well, that brand Mm -hmm. is probably really excited and honored and flattered that you've approached them and they probably want to do something with you. Whether they can or not is another question, but most people fear they're going to get laughed at where actually it's the other way around. They're so grateful to have that conversation. And it might be in the short term that what they do is offer you an ambassad- an ambassadorial role or they give you a merch, a, a, um, an affiliate deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's your choice. They might not all be able to put cash to it. But I think what you find is it's a great way of building relationships and tapping into other audiences and you know all that kind of thing. One thing we haven't talked about, which I should mention quickly, is to date and i think this is one of the other reasons that one fine play exists i don't know if you remember at the beginning i said that most of our shows are based around social purpose yep well that was an insight into a bigger uh revelation in podcasting podcast advertising which is that everything to date is based around listens like everyone worries about how many listens they've got Right, how many listens have you got? And where do they listen? And how many do you get an episode? And what's your average this and average that?
0: What's your audience you know, size? What's your, audience, your audience size, right? Yeah.
1: But we're moving to a world, you know, from an, in, like, use Instagram as an example. They they talk about nano influencers and micro influencers. And, you know, Nike said that their most powerful influencer has fewer than 30,000 followers. Right, it's not wow. very many in an Instagram, from an Instagram perspective. That's yeah, yeah. also moved into podcasting, right? So bigger isn't Mm -hmm. better because Joe Rogan gets 190 million downloads a month, but that's a very broad sector. Whereas you've got a niche, like I can't imagine many people are fascinated to hear me talking about podcast advertising, but the ones who are, are all the target audience of Rode because they probably are all interested in making better podcasts. So, right. So it becomes, it's down to alignment. This became, super, mm-hmm. this became super obvious working on social purpose shows because what would happen is we're taking a show about the climate crisis and talking to Unilever or P&G or Google or Microsoft. And that's not an obvious uh, thing, but they're like, okay, we want to have a handle in this conversation. We want to be associated to this conversation. And as a brand, we don't have the levers or we don't have the spokesperson or making our own content is too much. So actually it's more interesting to us to sponsor something and be, be aligned with it and we can do a you know we can run a PR campaign against this and we can use this you know as a brand in our own way to create a narrative and support the creator at the same time so it's that alignment that becomes so important which is why one of the key things you need to do at the beginning of reviewing your podcast from a business perspective is like I think I said what's the what's the problem what's the solution is like what's your why why -hmm. are you doing this you know who these people you're getting on that's not just a list of the people you're proudest of knowing, like what's the thing that connects your episodes together?
0: Yeah. To me, to me on Magic Mike, honestly, to me, it's the podcasters Mm -hmm. getting, getting, getting great podcasters, getting their stories, getting opinion leaders in this industry, you Mm -hmm. know, getting, getting, I know entrepreneurs like yourself, Getting into this space, we're building and making a difference into this podcast industry. I think getting their stories out there makes a huge difference. And I agree, if Root, Root would be the probably the perfect um, company for me to pitch this uh, show to, for them to get, uh, for them to sponsor.
1: So, Honestly. If, so, if I were, if you don't mind, and I were to give you a tip, a, a piece mm. of advice, like the first thing I would do to your show uh, mm-hmm. in order to make you more sponsorable, to to turn this more into a brand. And I mean this in the most constructive way possible. And I'm making this up off the top of my head. So one of the classic things is to have all of these guests on the show in the same niche. You're doing that, right? And that's really good. And I checked out the shows that you, the other people you've had on and listened to a couple. And they're, they're great. I listened to the pod page episode. Mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. interesting. I learned lots. I will definitely listen to more because it's super relevant to me because I'm your target listener. Mm-hmm. But the thing is what's happening at the moment is you're having one night stands with listeners because you're having one night stands with guests because this episode is about, it's just luck of the draw as to whether I'm good or not and whether Mm -hmm. I'm interesting. What would be more interesting for me? So for you, there are three stakeholders in your show, you, your listener and brands. What would be most interesting for those three people is if you, create an ongoing narrative so if you've watched netflix right yeah what's interesting about a netflix show is that you follow the characters over multiple episodes so if you've watched say breaking bad at the end of every episode there's a cliffhanger and it makes you want to watch the next one and it doesn't necessarily always matter what happens in the middle of an episode it always starts strong and it ends strong and it's about the main characters so if you were to now keep making your show but now include a narrative of you going on a journey. So you want to mm-hmm. grow your podcast, right? You started a podcast. You understand about the industry. You want to meet different people because you want to use yourself as a case study to get better. Now I would become intrigued and remember you, and like that gives you so much content you can make around it because now you've become a main character in your show, right? You've mm-hmm. got you've got Magic Mike, and that's a great feature because it's really easily rememberable. But you can now really grow that out and I can follow the success. You're essentially becoming like half guinea pig. You're learning and mm-hmm. I'm learning with you. That's fascinating to not just to you, to the listener, but also to the sponsors because they can see how they would want to get involved, story. right? So now it's like, yeah, well, if I'm not, if, if the growth story, right? You're going to use a road microphone. You're going to like talk about that in every episode. If I was sure... And you're mm-hmm. growing, like, even if it's only three people a week, you're going on this journey. I want to be on the journey with you. That sounds cool, mm. right? Exactly the same show. Nothing changes except for you weave in this narrative of, I want to learn this thing. If you said at the beginning of this episode, I've got to this point, guys, where, you know, I'm thinking about monetizing and it's challenging and I'm not sure about Anchor. So I found this guy who's helping people make pitch decks and I want to understand what it does and how that could help me. We've spun Mm -hmm. the narrative now around you. So now you're the main character of the episode, not me. And this is all targeted around you, right? right, And then next week, well, then what happens is in three weeks time, Mm -hmm. you use the product. And in the first four minutes of the show, you do a segment where you Mm -hmm. do a debrief on my product, right? So you go, you remember three weeks ago when James came on, that's a a call to action back to the episode for me to listen to as a listener from three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I tried one fine play and here's my honest review. You could do something eventually like where you charge people like me to come on the show or mm-hmm. you do a deal where it's like you can come on, but the deal is I do an honest review and I want you to mm. give like, I want to give something away to my listeners. I will give you the opportunity to come on my show because this is a competitive market, but mm-hmm. I want a temp- I want to do, uh, you need to give a, a discount code to all the listeners, my community, because that's really important to me. I'm going to give you a review. So, you know, we're all winning in this situation, right? And then what happens so that, is, is you're, yeah, do you see what I mean? Now I'm intrigued as to your journey and what you think of stuff.
0: Magic Mike initially was just like an interview. But in this in this format, I would think like it's actually a journey. It's a story. Yeah. It's a story where I'm actually talking about, it could be a, maybe me talking about microphones. Then I can be talking about advertising. And, you know, it's, it's a journey from there. You know, but, but
1: what yeah. happens then, right, is like next week when I when I open my phone tomorrow, Mm-hmm. And I look on the podcast app, and there's 75 different podcasts I can listen to. I don't mm-hmm. it doesn't make any difference to me who you've got in the show. I want to follow your journey, so I'm bought yep. in, and I'm mm-hmm. finding out more about you all the time. Your opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm never going to reach. Yeah,
0: that makes complete sense, and that, I mean that's that's valuable. I mean, because right now the podcasting industry is a noisy space, to be very honest, and yeah. and and how you stand out. that that plays a huge part
1: totally makes it shut but you can see what i mean here now you've you've given the listener another reason you've put yourself at the center of the story you've integrated all your guests in a really interesting way you're giving them the opportunity to give something to your community you're giving something to your community everyone is working better together to build something Mm -hmm. more compelling than the next fucker who's also interviewed am i allowed to swear (laughs) well if i'm not i just the the next guy who's also just interviewing like there's loads of podcasts Mm -hmm. about podcasts right but yours, yeah. you use the Joe Rogan example. The best thing mm-hmm. about Joe Rogan is that it doesn't matter who the guest is because you know he's not going to let you down. You trust him. You really want to know Joe's opinion on MMA, on politics, on Texas, on gun laws, on whatever it is he's talking about. The guest yeah. is arbitrary.
0: It, it's Joe's show. It's, it's Joe's show.
1: Make it your show. And I'm not talking about you reinventing the wheel. You don't need to stop making it. You just need to drop, you just need to slightly realign slightly realign what you say in the first two minutes
0: makes complete sense and then
1: yeah see what i mean you didn't ask for podcasting advice but that's the sort of thing i think i mean
0: that's an advice where not only me but a lot of listeners can actually uh, yeah exactly anyone uh, can take and actually
1: use it i think your show is great and i absolutely um i'm just using you as an obvious example because we're here talking about it don't please don't take it personally Do, do what you want (laughs)
0: <laughs> but it's just an idea no. it's it's a brilliant idea i think it's a great idea it
1: also makes, I mean, to me it makes the convert it makes the pitch deck easier right because now you've got your sponsorship deck explains why a brand might want to be involved it explains who it's going after and mm-hmm. it gives them a more compelling reason to be involved because they you know fear of missing out mm-hmm. gets so many people to pay money I mean, this is
0: the whole point of Magic Mike. To be very honest, it's not just me sharing my experience, but also learning from the experience from the guests I actually bring on. That's that's the whole point of Magic Mike because I think there's so many things out there which I don't know, which I think the guests can sort of teach through the podcast. So, I mean, go on.
1: Yeah. So I was going to say, um, I'd love you to teach me something. Sure. So just before we kicked off, you. Mm-hmm. W- we, I openly told you I don't know anything about kit and yep. you asked me what microphone I've got and <laughs> uh, I would love to understand a little bit more about uh, how could I, is there anything I could do to get more out of this microphone? Is there like I'm using USB and not XLR? Mm-hmm. Is there, mm-hmm. what podcasting home virtual setup microphone tips can you give me?
0: So basically with the Shure SM7B first up because right now we are on video you need to get it slightly closer to yourself, like how actually you, you.
1: Yeah, it. okay. I, I know that. I'm just being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually,
0: you can. Yeah. So that gives you a bigger range with the Shure mics because the whole, um, the whole sort of like, uh, the how do I put this? The biggest feature with the Shure mics, in my opinion, is the base you can the range you can get with the Shures, the base you can get with it. That's amazing. So you'd actually point it slightly okay. towards yourself.
1: So more like this.
0: Yeah. yeah. That sounds a bit... You know, that sounds... Um, you know, there's a base to it.
1: Okay. Am I going to mess up all of your post-production now?
0: Nah, this sounds good. I so had... that is one thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good. You're good saying? tip. I normally have this camera is sitting in the mm-hmm. way, which is why I couldn't move it across. Right. But I've taken right, it out. Right, right, right.
0: And with the USB, it's fine. Because right now, I think... Right now, in my opinion, the market is, you know, sort of adapting to plug and play. So I would rate this mic um, slightly higher than the Samsung Q2U and the ATR2100X, which are both USB microphones as well. However, if you have the XLR, that would be perfect because the audio quality you get with the XLR is much much better. So, you know, it, it, it eliminates that connection issues and all that because it's running through a mixer, you see. So you're able to control your gain. You're able to, you know, control all that um, small factors. I would say, like with the roadcaster on my end, I'm able to control the bass. I'm able to control the the feet, the the sort of the small features through the XLR microphone, and which is not possible through a USB.
1: And we, I don't know if you say this on the podcast or not, but we're using Squadcast. Are you yeah. compressing it? Are we losing any?
0: No, so with Squadcast, what happens is um, you get the raw audio. So, for example, you know, you glitched out a couple of times on my end. So, what happens is if, let's say, we used Zoom, what would happen? This this would be captured in audio and it would be glitched out because it's depending on my internet. Whereas now, it's depending on your internet. The Squadcast sort of records it locally and we can have, you know, Squadcast, Riverside, Zencaster. Plenty of apps like this. It records locally to your desktop, and it gives me a very clean wave, uh, which sort of like you know makes it easier for me to edit.
1: Okay, yeah. so it would is it so is it worth? I have XLR cables and a mixer. Mm-hmm. I should bother to mm-hmm. settle that up.
0: If you're into podcasting, then yes. How is it going? Just, how is
1: it going from the mixer into your computer?
0: Through a USB. So the USB to the mixer. So the audio, you're actually controlling it on the mixer. You, okay. you get what I mean? So you're, you're controlling your gains. Because right now, if you're speaking on the mic, I can see that you're peaking a bit. You can see that I mean, on the shirts.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah. You Probably. can see that
0: green light just right in front of you.
1: Oh, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. This is So when you. Sp- this yeah. is embarrassing for it, someone who works in podcasting.
0: <laughs> nah. <laughs> so it, it peaks at times. So, yeah. I mean, You you may need, like, a pop shelter and all that, but I think it's fine. What I think would help you is, like, when you have a gain, the mixer, turn it down slightly, and I think this gives a perfect audio.
1: I mean, I could do that. The mixer and the cables are literally in this fight case down here. (laughs) (laughs) It's only down to ease, but I should do that. Yeah. I
0: mean, to me, in my opinion, XLR uh, audio works better compared to uh, audio um, USB... uh,
1: audio exactly the same that i should use this as a webcam i just don't i mean i i completely agree
0: but then again it it is also plug and play which is easier for you because you have the shure sm7b you have the roadcaster it's just a matter it's just a matter of what works for you and what's easier for you definitely i think that plays a huge part as well i
1: think so if you
0: actually find the usb easier go for it that's fine but xlr i think is the best (laughs)
1: okay okay i'm gonna take that as a as a lesson and i uh hopefully that's been an, an interesting lesson for some of your listeners too yeah yeah because some of this basic well, stuff is you know yeah it's important
0: I completely agree james wonderful you know it's been a very i think this is my first 50 minute show to be very honest on magic Mike, i've never had a 50 minute my,
1: show. my fault sorry mm-hmm. Probably talking too much. Nah,
0: that, this is amazing content. This is like amazing, insightful. Even a tip for me and my listeners where they can sort of like improve on the show, you know, how they can monetize using just simple um, simple steps and how One Fine Play can actually help with this in that sense. Definitely. Now, as a final question, I ask this to all my guests on the podcast. What did you have for breakfast this morning, James?
1: Nothing. Coffee. <laughs> so yesterday, last yeah. night, I had my COVID vaccination. Right. Okay. So I actually feel dreadful. I had paracetamol. Is pro- this your f- first dose? Second my dose? first dose. I got it last night. I currently uh, need some more paracetamol because I've got a a headache and feel a bit uh. fluey. But um, hopefully, it won't last too long. And I didn't feel so. I didn't feel like eating.
0: So there gotcha, you go. Gotcha. I mean coffee coffee is coffee is good enough in the morning. I will, coffee is wonderful.
1: I will go and get something in a minute and some some parasites more. But uh wonderful. yes that's uh that's the truth of that. Awesome James.
0: It's been really a great um insightful session and I hope you had fun on Magic Mike um you know thanks for coming really appreciate it.
1: I did. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the invite.